and welcome to The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. John Blake's Wigs and Facial Hair has been providing the highest quality wigs and facial hair to the film, television, and live theater industries for 15 years. Our human hair wigs are low density and hand tied on Swiss lace to give the most realistic and natural appearance that is undetectable in HD and 4K content. This small, family-owned company has grown to fill a vital role to artists across the globe. We provide an unparalleled customer service experience that is rare in today's retail market. Our facial hair pieces come in 17 different styles and colors that are designed to precisely mimic natural growth and coloring patterns. They are made from blending human and yak hair in order to create the most realistic texture and appearance of men's facial hair growth. We are grateful to be celebrating 15 years of being an industry leader and a vital part of your artistry. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, it's Oscars time, and of course, the Last Looks podcast is all up in that business. We have five bonus episodes where I'll be catching up with all five teams nominated for their superb makeup and hair work. All teams ask the same set of questions, but of course, they all have very different answers. The Oscars makeup and hair lineup for 2023 is... All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. The 95th Academy Awards will be presented at the Dolby Theatre in Los Angeles on Sunday, March 12th. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast, guys. It really does take a lot to get all these teams together to be able to bring these bonus episodes to you. With everyone working and shooting all over the world, as you know, it's hard. It certainly takes time and effort, so for that, I'm thankful to you, the listener, and all my guests. And a big shout out to our sponsors. We thank you for your continued support. Sponsors of our Oscars special episodes are Hands Down Refresher and Sanitizer, John Blake's Wigs and Facial Hair, Lux Skin FX, Melanie Mills Hollywood, and Neo Cosmetic Cases. I hope you enjoy these special episodes as much as I did putting them together. Petra. Last looks, rolling, and action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast team. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yes. And congratulations on your Oscar nomination for your work on the film Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, Jamie, thank you. So let's start with some introductions. If you could each tell us your name and what you did on the film. I'm Camille Friend and I was the hair department head on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I am Joel Harlow, and I was the makeup department head on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Fantastic. So I would love to know, when you guys heard the news that you'd been nominated, what was that like? Like, talk us through it. Were you watching the announcement? Were you listening to it? Were you busy at work? What was going on? Camille? Well, I was at home waiting because, you know, they, they tell you, like, have cameras up, do this, do that. So, you know, I had to spend beautifying myself to be beautiful, semi-beautiful as I could at 5.30 in the morning. And, you know, the people were at my house, so you have to, like, 
be presentable and make, you know, have some donuts and croissants and tea and coffee. So, you know, I was doing all that and sat there to watch. And I was just like, you know, this is my third time. And, you know, Jamie, listen, you went, you went with us with, you know, on the first one, like, you know, you know, everything that happened up until, you know, we didn't get nominated, but we had a Mm -hmm. nice ride on the first one, but, you know, I was just expecting, we'll see what happens. So they said, you know, all quiet on the Western front. They said, Batman. And when they said black, that's all I heard. I didn't hear my name. (laughs) I didn't hear anything. I just heard black. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a great celebration of the film and of our careers. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a great time. It's a great time. That's all I can say. It's a good time. Joe? Yeah, it was, um, it's, it's a nerve wracking experience. You know, the days, you know, the week, the days leading up to the announcements, um, and, you know, having gratefully gone through this a couple of times before, I know how, how it can go. It's, so what I, what I try to do, you know, I know when the announcements are coming out, it's, I believe it's like 5 a.m. Uh, or 5.15 L.A. time, Pacific Coast time. You know, I, I try to avoid it, you know, because I know that if, you know, if we're nominated, there will be, you know, friends and family will send a bunch of texts. There will be a flood of texts. So, you know, if your texts start coming in, you know, twos and threes and fours, you know, by the dozens, whatever, then, you know, it's probably good news. If you get one text, it's, <laughs> it's like your agent going, hey, sorry, you got robbed. Uh... But but I uh, so I went down to that. I was on, on the East Coast. I was in Atlanta shooting a film. Uh, yeah. So I went down to the gym and I was trying to take my mind off it. And, you know, as the clock is ticking, somebody turned on the TV in the gym. And there they were. Like, okay, You're great. trying to play it cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm like <laughs> side-eyeing the TV. It's like, eh, well, oh, here it comes. Oh, there's a commercial. And so now I just stopped and watched it and, you know, was overjoyed, obviously, when, you know, when I saw our name up there, um, you know, and, and uh, then I texted my wife. I said, time to, time to buy a dress. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next thought. What what are we wearing? Exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. So let's kind of dive into a couple of characters from the film. If you guys can talk us through makeup and hair wise, like from research and development through to daily application. Okay. I'll start off with this. Early on, talking to Ryan Coogler and just talking to him about, you know, how this film was different than the first one. And one thing was a big discussion about this was the film about women and about relationships so you know you have a lot of women in this movie and so it really it really started with um queen ramonda and then it started with shuri and the the theory behind it was ryan came up with is in west african culture people cut their hair in mourning so what we were thinking about is how would their hair, specifically Ramonda and Shuri look after they would have cut their hair after a year. So that's how mm-hmm. I went into designing it. So I knew that Angela wouldn't have her locks, that we would totally change her. And I really got inspiration from Ruth Carter, the shapes of, of Ramonda's hats. You know, she wears those hats like a crown. So it's something mm. that I got inspiration from in the shape of her hair. So, you know, keeping her hair in a, like a 4A texture, but keeping it in the same colors, you know, with the blondes and the platinum colors and just making sure that it was coming off of, off of Angela's face like a crown. That's how that really, that look evolved. And Shuri's has evolved 
from in the first one, you know, she was funny. She was a kid. You know, she was she was uh, like, you know, the funny girl. She was a comic relief. And this one, she's a young woman who's finding herself and, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who is like trying to figure out how to lead a nation and being in mourning for her brother all at the same time. That's a lot to bear. So we kept mm-hmm. her the same in the sense of the sides of her head were shaved and the sides and back, but we, we took out the braids and we had a wig made of that. It's like a four, a four C texture and then two strand twisted it. So that's what we did for her. And then other characters like, um, Lapita who plays Nakia, I wanted to see her in something totally, totally different. And we went the opposite with her because she wasn't in Wakanda in mourning. She was in Haiti in mourning. So we just wanted to take her out of who she was and made her somebody who was a little bit different. So we came up with giving her locks, but still keeping her locks in what we call the signature Nakia red hair color. So it yeah. took her in and gave her just a whole different type of look and to also I always like to do things that people haven't, we haven't seen this actor in, in another movie. So giving her a whole different look that she hadn't, uh, you haven't seen on screen with her. Just to name a few. That's awesome. Joe? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I want to touch briefly on Okoye because <clears throat> even though her look didn't change that much, the approach to how we did her head tattoo did mm-hmm. change with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, addition of digital scanning and printing technology because on the first film we had sort of a rudimentary stencil that we put on her head it wasn't super accurate because it was all done by hand and then each of the triangles of that striped red and black pattern were added in the sort of the standard tattoo transfer technique then it took a while to you know finish out the lines then you would uh, do a layer of her base over the whole thing, seal it, and and ultimately it ended up taking around three and a half, four hours to get her into that makeup. And then at the end of the day, because now you've got glue on the top of her head, it took another hour or so to get her out of it with a lot of scrubbing. So it wasn't the most pleasant thing, you know, for her comfort-wise on a day-by-day basis having to go through that. So I knew on this, what I wanted to do was address how we did that tattoo. So so what we did is we took her digital scan as opposed to her life cast. Jeff Bauman had done, who's our visual effects supervisor, had done a scan of her on the first film. We took that scan and Rod Maxwell, who is my digital expert on this, <clears throat> mapped a tattoo onto that head for. Uh, And then we broke down the tattoo into two different sets of overlapping stencils. So what would happen is, and now these would conform perfectly to her head without the distortion of, you know, having a traditional life cast that you were working from. So I would put down, lay down the stencils in a sequential order, spray the black, airbrush the black, then put down the stencils with the red lines and airbrush that. So in the, in the end, you know, roughly 35 minutes, 40 minutes later, you had the entire the, the entire tattoo done um, with no cleanup necessary. You you go over the top of that with her foundation and you're done. And at the end of the day, since what you're dealing with is a tattoo color, it comes off quite easily. There's no glue involved. Another benefit of that was that Denai didn't have to shave down to her scalp. She could leave a little bit of stubble. So we avoided any sort of razor burn, you know, ingrown hair problems that we may have had on the first film. And that, you know, that that was a godsend, you know, because 
her her scalp remained you know healthy and fresh and uh and and that was really from the onset that was one of the things that i wanted to tackle first is i wanted to make her more comfortable i think obviously the you know the one of the other biggest characters in this film is namor so for him you know he's got distinguishing features from his you know, his comic book origins, you know, he's got the pointed ears, he's got the arched eyebrows, he's got wings on his feet. I first address the ears and I've done my share of, you know, pointed ears, certainly. But I think that, that, that these on, on uh, Panache were probably the best ears that I have done. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, and that, you know, and I, I did, you know, ears for uh, Leonard Nimoy on, you know, on J.J. Abrams' Star Trek reboot. So, I mean, that, you know, that for me is saying a lot, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it was something about the anatomy of his, his actual natural ear and the way that the sculpture fit onto him that really made it work, you know, in my opinion. I didn't go as extreme as the comic book for the arched eyebrows, you know, because we wanted him to live in a real world. You know, we were drawing heavily on the Mayan culture, so we didn't want to go too comic book with him. But then, of course, you've got, you know, he's got wings on his ankles. Um, and we devised, ultimately, that was all done CG, but we did have a pair of wings that we made that he could walk around in that were invisible, you know, from the front, from the back, from the sides looked like it was just growing out of his out of his ankles you know then of course there was all the telekineal yeah. and that both camille and i worked uh closely with dr aldana who was our mayan cultural specialist to make sure that what we were doing wasn't just interesting for the sake of being interesting but that it could be traced back in a lineage to actual mayan you know cultural looks and, and, you know, that translated to the gasket prosthetics, you know, in both the flashback sequence and, you know, the modern sequence. Uh, so there, I mean, there was a lot. There was, you know, and then, uh, you know, like I said, the source material, the comic books, you know, factored heavily into those characters as well. It's awesome to have somebody at your disposal like that to just ask any questions or oh, to yeah. give you information. That's awesome. It's invaluable. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you know, in doing these hieroglyphics on you know, the, let's say the face gaskets, you know, the, the face breathers when they're, when they breach the surface, they're wearing, you know, sort of these masks over their mouth and nose so they can continue to breathe water. There are glyphs on the nose bridge. Um, and I could come up with something that looked neat, you know, but if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't culturally accurate, I would discard it. You know, and he was the one that gave us the thumbs up or thumbs down for that. That's cool. Camille, did you want to talk about any of the underwater stuff that you needed to do with the hair? Oh, yeah. We can talk about the telekineal. Like, again, Dr. Aldana was really instrumental in helping us because, you know, one thing as you can't, you know, just call up, I call it, you know, 1-800-Mayan. It's not there. Like, so you have to really figure out these looks. And, you know, even the internet, the internet is not correct. It's a culture that's really been something that you haven't really seen on camera. So it was something mm. that we really needed somebody who's done the research and can give us factual things. And the same thing in my process with Joel also did is talking to him and showing him hairstyles and saying, is this correct? Is this correct? What would they have, what they, what have the, what would they have used for products? What would they could use in the hair? Like making all of that make sense, but keeping it grounded in reality. That was what was most important. And I'll tell you, Jamie, one thing that we learned early on during the camera test is 
we had all these wigs that we put in the water and we figured mm-hmm. out that you couldn't put any product in it because they got in the water and then it left a big white cloud in the water. It's like, oh, and Nate Moore was like, mm, Camille, what are you going to do about that? Because that wasn't good. It didn't look good. Not a good look. So, you know, we had to really think about it and solve it. And, you know, we went to something like a long time ago. I remember um, Jake Garber had turned me on to this little trick. And basically we took, you know, spirit gum and we just we really diluted it heavily. And then we made it like into a glue hairspray. And so using using that as almost at, like a hairspray to keep the hair up. It's something that once the water touched it, it wasn't just going to um, turn into a big white cloud of product in. Plus, it just helped the hair, you know, really, really hold up, you know, rubber banding things like, you know, two, three, four times. Also, sewing things down where they would Mm. stay down or stay up in the water. You know, all of those things collectively we use and something that we use, which is kind of funny, what, you know, flexi rods or hot dog rods for people who are old like me, we took those and we covered those with hair. So a lot of those we would use inside the internal structure to hold things up, or we use it on the outsider structure to wrap things around and to keep it lifted up in, in place. So it worked as it doubled as looking like hair, but then it was actually a flexi rod that we can bend and move and put in and use it in a lot of different ways in the, in the whole telekineal world. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they I were really that. cool. They were. I remember seeing them outside the trailer yeah. making these things, <laughs> and they they they're really cool. It's it's you know hopefully uh, at the symposium there'll be some of those uh, those wigs there because they deserve you know a close look because they're pretty impressive. Oh, thank you, Joel. Well, thank of you. course. Yeah. No, they're thank beautiful. You. Thank you. I love it. So over, I mean, this happens every year and it's, you know, it is art that we are creating. You always look at the five films and you're like, how do you even start to figure out a favorite? And I guess because it's all art, but it's so many different mediums. Like everyone's work is so different. It's always so interesting to look at that. But I just wondered from your guys' perspective, um, how do you feel your work is different from your fellow nominees? Any awards, you know, award show, award category, like any of the categories, it's like, how do you compare? You know, no two shows offer the same obstacles or opportunities. So it's really difficult to say, okay, well, who's the best? You know, you, you really can't do that. You know, it's not possible because this could be best, the best for, you know, in the context of this film, this could be the best in the context of that film. Films aren't the same. The makeups aren't the same. You know, I know that both Camille and I have, you know, a tremendous amount of respect for our fellow nominees. And being a nominee, uh, you know, they say, you know, when you're nominated, you know, you consider yourself a winner. And and there is truth to that because yeah. there were our peers who chose to nominate us amongst these five teams, you know, for these five films. And now it goes out to the entire voting academy and you know you really don't know you know because as an example myself it's like i'll i'll i get to vote on all the categories right so you know it's like sound you know best sound i'm like well i don't know it's like (laughs) i I know that sounded good and that sounded good but i don't know what to look for yeah i I will opt out of that category because i feel it would be a disservice if i just said well that's my favorite movie so i'm going to vote for that you know what yeah. I mean? You know, it, it's really hard to to compare, you know, I think anyone's work to anyone else's work. And I'll, I'll 
pass it over to Camille, but I'll just say that I'm very grateful to me be amongst the uh, the five teams. Well said. No, I, I agree 100%. I think, you know, all the movies are great. When you get to this point, like, who do you vote for? It's really, it's really about your preference and what you like, you know, but I think everybody has done an incredible job. And at this level, you know, I feel like we're at the Super Bowl. And I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. win or lose, it's both still great teams. And all the movies are, if you look at too, all the movies are really different. Like, so yeah. it really is up to your taste, your aesthetic and, you know, what you, what you see. So, you know, we just hope as we go along, we just hope that people like us enough to vote for us, you know, but I mean, but there's so many other beautiful movies and beautiful work, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm in uh, awe of even the other work that all these other artists have done. It's incredible. And even when I hear about their work, like I'm still in awe. I love to hear about the work and how the process, you know, that's why I love your show, Jamie, because you really get, you really get to break it down and people get to really hear the truth on what it takes to do what we do. So that's yeah. what I can say. I love it. I love hearing about challenges. So <laughs> if you guys could let me know maybe one of your biggest challenges during filming, whether it was in prep or actually while you guys were shooting. Camille, do you want to go uh, first? Well, for right. me, for me, it's definitely the water. The water yeah. was a, like a big challenge. And Joel, you can correct me. I can't like, let's, I can't even remember. Like we were maybe supposed to be in water maybe like what Joel, like three <laughs> weeks or something. Yeah. And we, and we ended up being in it, what, three months. Yeah. So like the budget went out the, the, went out the window because it was like, okay, we budgeted for this, but then the budget went out the window. It's like, oh, we're in it, you know, for, for three months and we're flying people from Miami and things like that. And I think, yeah. and I think one thing I want to say too is in this movie also, like I give my hats off to our stunts. Like you have to know, Everybody who was of Tali Keneal, everybody was of Latin descent. So, you know, everybody was represented correctly in this movie. And that's something that's important to me. And, you know, and I think it's important to our community and people working, you know, even behind the camera to know that sort of thing. But, you know, really, it's the water. The water is challenging. It's a lot of work, making sure everything stays on, everything mm. for us, you know, it's not moving that much. But, you know, too, it's 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 endless. And the water is brutal. Like, the water is something that I've learned to really respect, you know, because yeah. it's a living, breathing thing. Don't underestimate it, because as soon as you underestimate it, it's going to kick your ass. <laughs> Being serious, you, you can't underestimate it. Every day, you got to go in like, hey, I got to, this wig has got to be sealed on. It's got to be glued on. You know, the black color has to be in. Like all of those things have to be done every day. And you can't, you know, cause if you get a little, a little air bubble in there or a little pocket, water is coming under that wig, it's flooding under the wig and that wig is going to be off. So mm, every yeah. day it's, you know, you, it's got to be sealed. It's got to be done correctly. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Love it. Joe? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo that. The water, I mean, you know, like I, I'm very fond of saying, well, water erodes mountains, you know, yes. and, and water, you know, it's like, that's how you think you can take off makeup with water, you know, yeah. so trying to fight that, it's a beast, you know, and I, I so I, I think, yeah, water was definitely the biggest challenge. Um, by the time we were doing a lot of our big telekineal sequences where they're, they're head to toe blue. It was winter in Atlanta. So, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm going to echo what Camille said about, you know, props to the stunt department and also throughout the fact that these people were very scantily clad 
in the yes. middle of winter being drenched in water, you know, and it wasn't supposed to be winter when we started, but, you know, because we were, you know, we pushed and yeah, yes. filmmaking, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it ebbs and flows. So yeah. by the time we got into the big, you know, the big sequences, yeah, it was, it was freezing out there. You know, we're starting, you know, at the, you know, the early morning hours, two, three in the morning. So I'd make it a point of going back to the background every day before my, you know, my actors came in and thanking not just my team, but also the stunt team, because, you know, we're out there bundled up in jackets and stuff. And then you feel incredibly guilty when you're coming up to somebody in a, in a parka, you know, yeah. toasty warm with like your electric yeah. vest on <laughs> and you've got a, you've got a Hudson sprayer full of water and you're like, yeah, sorry, here you go. <laughs> Yeah. And don't you dare say, oh my God, it's so cold. Yeah, no. exactly. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I would like drop my jacket just to go up and spritz people because I yeah. felt like, so yeah, it's like, that's a bad look coming up to somebody, you know, incredibly warm. And then, you know, basically it's the ice bucket challenge, you know, and then now go perform and fight. And, you know, exactly. I know that your, your muscles are frozen and you can't really move that well, but there's that and there's, you know, the fact that, you know, we had to paint them all blue and that's a constant chase through the day. Yeah. So no matter how well your makeup stays on, you know, matter, you know, no matter what product you pick and how you choose to seal it, you're still abrading it throughout the day. You know, you're in combat sequences, you're climbing, there's stunt work. So there's ropes that abrades the skin and just takes the paint right off. And, you know, we knew that uh, Jeff wasn't going to have a lot of time on the post end of this. So as much as we could fix in camera is mm. what we tried to do. But yeah, I'm, you know, like Camille said, water, 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 water. <laughs> and tell me, we always hope to learn something from an experience. So what are some standout lessons you may have learned from shooting the film? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the standout lesson for me is just pick the right team, you know, yeah. because you rely on your team so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no, no one person is you know, creating everything you see on camera, you know, whether it be makeup or hair or whatever, you know. So for me, it was, it, it is pick the right team, a team that has your back, a team that can do things better than you can. Um, because ultimately, you know, there's no ego in this. You're just trying to deliver the best product possible, the best look possible, you know, for me, the best makeup possible. And if there's somebody that can do it better than me, I want to hire that person. You know, so, so that, you know, that I think, you know, in a nutshell is, you know, not a lesson that I just learned on this, but was made abundantly clear on this. No. Good reminder. That's, that's actually, that's a really good, that's a really good point. I think, again, your team, what your team is, is really important. And I'm going to say this to Jamie. I miss you, Jamie. I, if you guys, those of you who don't know, she did Black Panther 1 and she was my key and we had a great time and everything that we established in 1, we, you know, we we just took and rolled the ball even further on 2. Yeah. So, you know, the team really makes a big, big difference. And like this one, on this one, I had a younger team. So it was a little bit more challenging for me, especially in the beginning. But I love giving people the opportunity. And once everybody got going, they did a good job. And I think, again, it's especially on one like this, you have like so many different uh, teams of people. You know, you have first team, you have the water team, you have all that. And it's something that, you know, you just have to almost like stretch yourself out and like 
on the weekends. I would see Joel there on the weekends when, you know, like second unit in the water unit because they're establishing things. So, you know, I think the team has a lot to do with it and getting along even when you don't want to get along. And I was, yeah. this is a professional place. It's a professional atmosphere. And even when you don't like somebody, they're not, they don't have to be your best friend, but they're your colleague and you have to show respect and kindness and you have to get the work done inside of that. That's all well I'll say put. That. Well put. Absolutely. Professionalism. But talking about teams, I just want to give you guys the opportunity to um, give a shout out to all of those that helped you. Now's the time. Oh, awesome. I'll start. So, my team, I want to thank everybody who worked on this movie as far as, you know, the hair department and the barbers and even, you know, our outside people. So Evelyn Feliciano, Marva Stokes, Amber Mayer, Victor Paz, Jason Simmons, Derek Washington, Nikki Wright. I'm going to keep going. I like to thank also our wig makers, everybody who made our wigs and helped us out with that. You know, N- Natasha Lasky, like like to thank her. And, you know, all the people who help us just, you know, in the in the everyday, you know, Nappy Star Dreads, you know, Unite, you know, Hask, Design Essentials. They're like, there's a lot of like people who helped, you know, make this movie happen. So just everybody who helped us, you know, with this movie, I, I just really appreciate it. Yeah. You know. Oh, and I'll say Friends Beauty Supply. We can't forget Friends. Yeah. The yeah. boys <laughs> over at Friends, thank you. Our Shipping day friends. and night, baby. Day and night. Right. <laughs> and Joel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many people that contributed to this, you know, from our background makeup artists that we leaned on heavily. But, you know, I, there are a few people that I want to, you know, to call out my key. Uh, Kim Felix Burke, Elena Anderson, Chris Diamond, Antides, Ashley McGuire, who handled all of our background, was incredible. Uh, Robert Henderstein, you know, I, I also had a shop uh, going. So Gil Liberto, who I don't believe actually got credit on the movie and basically ran that shop for me. I, I think something happened where he, he, he missed out on his credit. So here it is. Richard Alonzo, um, Rod Maxwell, Josh Sachs, Josh McCarron, you know, uh, Mark Ross, Rachel Bongard, you know, and then I want to, you know, that there are a lot of people, but I want to finish this list with the name of a gentleman that I only got to meet on this film. Um, And unfortunately, he passed away before the movie came out, A.J. Crimson, who who is a a one in a million uh, soul. And we had a lot of a lot of laughs together in the trailer. And and uh, I miss him. You know, I just did a, a my last show in Atlanta and, uh, you know, I missed having him, having him there. Yes, definitely. And I wanted to, I want to thank all of our Atlanta crew. You know, sometimes people forget, like we went to Atlanta, everybody from Atlanta who worked on this movie and help us get to where we are now, like, you know, to, to an Oscar nomination. I want to thank everybody in Atlanta who really, really helped us. I want to just tell them how much we appreciate them. Yay, that's awesome. Okay guys, a big congratulations again. Being nominated for an Oscar is pretty incredible. So enjoy the ride and thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie Lee. For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it.
The Last Looks podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people. 